0: welcome to the r jackson home podcast i'm your host kevin adelsberger and i clearly have a cold right now um but i am here today with dr david larson he's the medical director at the faith health center and dr larson thank you for joining us oh it's so good to be here so dr larson i would love to hear about uh you know where are you
1: from and tell me about your background I grew up throughout the Southeast. Um, we moved frequently as I was in uh, high school. Graduated high school at uh, Clarksville High. Tried getting into medical school, uh, but uh, while I was started at Austin P. State University, my parents moved out of state. When I graduated, I was a pre med student without a state residency, so Tennessee didn't want me. Yeah. My parents had moved to to North Carolina, but North Carolina didn't want me. Oh my! South Carolina kept giving me a "We'll put you on the hold list," but never got it. Yeah. So, uh, did a year of graduate work at Memphis State, trying to get state residency in uh-huh. Tennessee. Were you a military kid, or no? My father was an industrial engineer. We okay. would, we moved from one textile plant to another. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and um. Then uh, my wife and I got married. We moved to North Carolina.
0: And so you met
1: your wife we, we at, met Sarah at Austin P. At Austin P. P. Uh, okay. P. Um, we had heard that North Carolina was establishing a new medical school uh, in eastern North Carolina, so I decided I would go to East Carolina University mm-hmm. to do another year of graduate work, uh, and. Hope that I could get in the medical school there. Yeah. Struggled through that year uh, with applications again, and I knew the medical school had applications going out. Yeah. uh, And was wondering, well, when will I get mine? was eating uh, with some friends one night, and on the way home I told Sarah, well, it doesn't look like we're getting into medical school, so I think I just have to go ahead and push the biochemical degree. The next day, the letter came in the mail. Uh, so I started at East Carolina University uh, in their very first year of their medical school. It was a one-year class. We were all automatically transferred to the University of North Carolina. So, so you
0: ended up at the University of Uni- North Carolina?
1: Ended up. at did my last three years at the University of North Carolina. So did that program fold? Or? No. It had two one-year programs. It closed for a year Uh to to establish the four-year program. Interesting. And is now a a very large four-year medical school. Interesting. Uh, We went back to visit the Greenville, North Carolina area where East Carolina is and could not find our way because the medical center is Mm -hmm. so much larger now. (laughs) Well, I can imagine
0: going from the first class to... So I guess you're in the first graduating class of... Is that how that I'm works? I'm technically
1: in the first graduating class of East Carolina and yeah. in the whatever graduating class, the University of North Carolina. Well, and the University of North Carolina is a
0: pretty prestigious school. That's right. Are, do you maintain, are you still a fan? Are you a Tar Heel fan today? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: as we learned in Chapel Hill, the sky is Carolina blue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, um, So, you know, you're in North Carolina, Uh, how did you make your way back to to Jackson?
1: I pushed my academic work to where I actually finished medical school in three and a half years. I didn't take summer breaks. Okay. um, So that I could get through a little earlier. Yeah, hustling. And uh, was aware that Tennessee uh, had, at that point in time, University of Tennessee had two different medical classes. One that started in June, one that started in January. So I knew there were going to be family practice residency slots opening up at the first of the year right after I graduated Um, so um, first of December uh, what was it 71 72 72 uh, came out to um, Memphis where my where Sarah is from and interviewed with the family practice residency there in Memphis and they said well there is this new residency up in Jackson and uh, drove up here um, to uh, a very small clinic uh, Mm -hmm. with four residents and decided this is where we were going to come Mm -hmm. I was accepted on the spot and went went back home and had to pack.
0: Was that the first year of that?
1: It was. I was in the second year of that. Wow.
0: Okay. So you're just cutting (laughs) edge kind of guy, over here, Doctor Larson.
1: I've been on the edge of a lot. Uh, (laughs) So uh, did my family practice residency. Mm -hmm. Um, Medical school was paid for through a scholarship from the United Health United States Health uh, Forces Armed Forces Program.
0: So are you a veteran?
1: I am a veteran. Oh,
0: well, thank you. Uh, what, I, what, what did you serve in?
1: I served in the Army. Okay. Three years uh, at Fort Benning, Georgia. Mm. What um, did you do? I was a physician. So, okay, so... Uh, I got through medical school uh-huh. with on Army scholarship. Okay. Was able to do a civilian residency because Vietnam War had just ended. There was mm-hmm. still enough physicians that had been drafted in mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't have to go right then. So I got a three-year deferment to do a civilian residency uh, and um, went to Fort Benning, Georgia where I was a clinical instructor in the family practice residency there as well as uh, seeing my own patient load and having to work the ER some nights.
0: So you had enrolled in the army before medical school, or was while this, I was in medical while school? While you were in medical school. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you and Sarah moved to Fort Benning.
1: We moved to Fort Benning, or Columbus, Georgia. Then mm-hmm. we didn't li- we didn't live on pay on post. Yeah. Uh, we would have liked to, but uh, we didn't.
0: Um,
1: so I spent my three years there. Mm-hmm. Had a friend who was in practice here in Jackson, and at first thought would be coming back to practice with him, but. Uh, He left uh, and moved to Florida, so we still had enough friends and contacts here. We decided to come back here Mm -hmm. to open another, to open a medical practice here. Yeah. So I started uh, what is now Faith, what is now Northside Medical
0: Clinic. Gotcha. So, so you're you're fresh out of the army, and you're like, I'm going to move back to Jackson. That's right. Not to Florida with your buddy. Not to Florida with the buddy. Because that might, might have been an attractive option, but you're like, I'm oh, going uh, to Jackson. We liked it here. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it was close enough to Sarah's family, mm-hmm. but far enough from Memphis. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, my, my in-laws live in Memphis, too, and it's, it's a good distance. <clears throat> um, so, so Northside Medical Clinic, so was it just
1: you in the beginning? For the first four years, it was just me. Then uh, that clinic grew.
0: Where now is it? Is it next to Northside High School? It's
1: right next to Northside, right, right across, across the road. Yes.
0: Was that where it was originally? That's too? where it's always been. And was was the high school there
1: when you? Oh yes.
0: Okay. Oh yes. So and but Jackson wasn't developed. Up wasn't north. developed at that out that way. So so why why did you go there? What did you see about that?
1: As a family physician, I wanted to go out where families were, mm-hmm. not in the center of the medical center
0: yeah uh,
1: our, our practice is to deal with families and not have you know so to be convenient was the primary reason for going out there yeah makes sense
0: and so um, now you've started two clinics now how how did how did it differ back then starting a clinic to starting a clinic now
1: Um well the initial one you didn't have to get credentialed with insurance companies okay you know if you were there you could practice and just (laughs) submit bills to them they didn't care who interesting they didn't have uh, networking and um, provider programs Mm -hmm. like that Um, insurance was a lot less complicated we didn't have HIPAA (laughs) we we didn't have electronic (laughs) medical records yeah um so uh, some things were a whole lot easier than they are today mm-hmm. um, so I opened up the second one well the first one was a for-profit clinic yeah oh uh, so uh, we were always struggling or we were pushing to get the numbers up see more see more see mm-hmm. more to to pay the um, what it t- cost to run the practice yeah Opening the second was completely different because it's a not-for-profit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so you you've come back here. You you started to build a life here. You opened a clinic. Yes. Did you bring in other doctors later? Or did, did you just uh, say the only doctor?
1: The uh, clinic at one point was uh, four physicians. Okay. Uh, um, brought in one at the end of four years. Uh, second one at about the seventh year. Um, one stayed with us for a short time uh, around the tenth year, and then um, that one left, and a fourth came in later.
0: So pretty sizable uh, practice.
1: Yeah.
0: And and as you're building your life here, what else did you guys get involved with here in Jackson?
1: We were um, very much involved with church at Northside United Methodist Church. Okay. Uh, and. Um, once again, there we were asked to, asked to step out and do something different. Yeah. Um, there's an um, ecumenical uh, program called Emmaus, predominantly Methodist Church, mm-hmm. but uh, any denomination can, can attend. Yeah. Sarah and I were the first two people from Jackson to go to an Emmaus walk. Yeah. And we started the Emmaus community in West Tennessee. I actually went to Chrysalis
0: in. Um, in the I guess, Little Egypt chapter area, which is where I'm okay, from. Okay,
1: okay. So went to the
0: baby version, even though I'm a Baptist. They
1: let That's me okay. They let me in. That's okay. We <laughs> let Baptists in back then. Yeah. They, now they've got their own.
0: Okay. Yeah. They faith
1: have. They, they've got Faith Walk now.
0: So what was it about the Emmaus? Which for those of you who don't know, it's like a weekend, like spiritual retreat type thing. Right. What What did What attracted you guys to that?
1: Well, um. the church was one that was growing Mm -hmm. there was a strong spiritual sense in the church Mm -hmm. Um, we had had a program uh, where some uh, uh, a weekend where people from various parts of the region of the area states had been in and one of them talked to us about an Emmaus community and we thought well that's some other community that's in another state Mm -hmm. We thought of it more as a town than than a Uh, a movement, than a program, and uh, when a uh, pastor asked us if we wanted to attend, we said, well, we'll be happy to, Mm -hmm. not really knowing what it was going to be, Mm -hmm. uh, and going to Memphis and not knowing who was going to be there, not knowing a soul, made it a little different, but uh, we uh, took that step, and yeah the West Tennessee MIS community now is very large yeah yeah and
0: through your involvement in church it's something with that that led you to the faith health
1: so, that had part to do with yeah. it. yeah
0: well let's talk about so so you're building a uh, life in Jackson and you have children
1: we have children so for one period of time in there I was the uh, Scoutmaster okay. at uh, the Boy Scout troop at um, you know at Northside uh, led that for about five years, so some of my summers were spent going to summer camp, and mm-hmm. would figure out something else to do for family vacation. Yeah. Um, so that everybody got to do something. Yeah. Um, and uh, had two sons that uh, got through um, making becoming an Eagle Scout. Impressive. It's uh, hard to do. That's right. And I'm still active with the troop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do the annual physicals they need usually each summer to mm-hmm. to go to, to mm-hmm. summer camp. Yeah,
0: providing what you need, what you and can
1: those, do. Providing what little bit I can do now. Yeah.
0: So what was it that led you to, you know, you have, uh, I'm assuming with four doctors, a, a nice running business and... Um, and you, you're, you're not in that anymore, right? You, no. You have got out I'm of that. Out and, of that completely. And, and you've gone into a non-profit health clinic that helps. Yes. So what, walk what, us through What that. was the bridge? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Northside uh, Methodist Church had started doing mission work uh, in Nicaragua. And we had gotten established with one particular facility. And one year when they were saying we were, they were putting together a mission team, I thought, oh, this will be fun. This will be different. Sarah and I can enjoy this. The kids are out of the house. Um, so I kind of convinced her that we were going on the, on the mission trip. She wasn't quite as excited at first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I said, I will not go as a physician. I can't do much as a physician down there I won't have anything mm-hmm. I won't be a, you know if I treat somebody for a chronic illness I'll have a band-aid or an aspirin to give them and that's it yeah um so in the first actually the first two mission trips basically it was just for the staff that they, there was enough illness or injury among the staff that, <laughs> or among the group that mm-hmm. uh, from here Um, the the team that uh, would get sick or need some help Mm -hmm. so I could take care of that toward the end of that second mission though they said the working staff at the center would like to get physicals would like to be seen and I thought okay I can deal with ten patients in this week's time Um, and um, that was where I got bit because the next time when they say we're having a mission trip and we're doing a medical mission, yeah. I could back out. Yeah. <laughs> we did. I did several medical missions. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, uh, the first time we went down, just the poverty that we saw yeah. really created a concern. Mm-hmm. But still, I didn't quite see that here in town. Uh, And as we made more trips down and back, it got harder to ignore the poverty here in town. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's where um, my call, my feeling of doing the mission came. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were some obstacles that came up within the practice there, Mm -hmm. and so it was time for me to leave. And uh, in 2010, I left uh, Northside Medical clinic um, to pursue this.
0: Well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the Faith Health Center. All right. So, between the Tennessee and Mississippi Rivers, this is our Jackson. Jackson home. Uh, This week we're with Dr. David Larson. He's the medical director at the Faith Health Center. Uh, So Dr. Larson, we just gotten to the point in your story where you've you've left your your practice and you've uh, decided that you've seen a need and you feel the call of God in your life to to open this medical clinic. Um, How does one go about doing that?
1: The first thing you do is you go to the ministers at your church and say, you know, does this sound like something that God is calling me, to? get affirmation Mm -hmm. of what I was Mm -hmm. feeling. Yeah. Uh, And they said, yes, and here's some of the people you need to talk to to figure out how to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, That led us to a program through Church Health Center in Memphis on how to establish a low income, need-based faith-based clinic Um, Sarah and I got some got a good bit of information from them on how to do it Mm -hmm. the next thing you do is you go out searching for a place to put this clinic Um, and um, you just have to follow God's guidance as he does things Um, there were several places that we were given to look at that there was no way we would have been able to afford them Mm -hmm. Sarah and I were gonna have to be um, the ones who took the note not the clinic at that Mm -hmm. point in time the clinic had no uh, credit Um, so um, we had a realtor to show us some properties around town there was one that looked like it would work quite well Mm -hmm. Uh, um, at first the the center part of it was kind of like a shotgun The office buildings were the office uh, layout was right uh, the second side was large enough for some administrative place mm-hmm. um, it was in a foreclosure so uh, the bank was a little bit ready to get rid of it mm-hmm. um, but they weren't as ready as, as uh, we were hoping mm-hmm. and so uh, we made an offer they countered I stayed at my offer they countered I backed away from my offer and they agreed <laughs> so it took a little bit of learning some um, financial part there Mm -hmm. Um, the um, one employee that I hired was the nurse that had been my nurse at Northside Medical she had already left the medical clinic uh, before I did to um, go to work for Jackson Madison County General Hospital uh, in the um, case management area Mm -hmm. uh, which winds up being a a big tool for us Mm -hmm. the second employee was one who was working for a one night a week free clinic that Methodist Hospital had a grant for uh, at that time in 2010 but um, 2011 they were pulling their grant money out of that Mm so that Program was closing actually I guess it was mid 2010 so um, Susan came to work for us in Charlotte Susan's the nurse Charlotte uh, became the receptionist uh, and dealt with some of the medications that we needed to get for patients mm-hmm. we had one patient uh, who knew we were gonna be the ones taking over for them and every week he would call and say when are you gonna be open when are you gonna be open when are you gonna be open um. and um, he called one week and when Sarah finished talking with him she says I ought to have just told him to get over here help us finish getting this thing together and we can open a little faster yeah Um. I saw that gentleman just yesterday again in the office I mean he's been with us uh, now since 2010 since October 2010 he's been through a lot of medical problems and procedures uh When we first started taking care of him, he had no insurance. Um, shortly after we started seeing him that first year, uh, he wound up needing a pacemaker. Uh, called one of the local cardiology clinics, and they agreed to see him and initially just billed him the twenty five dollars as was our charge at that point in time. Uh, he got to, to the hospital, the hospital on indigent care he was able to get the pacemaker done Uh, one week he could barely walk up the steps into the clinic Mm -hmm. Um, two weeks later he's bouncing up the steps into the clinic Um, so uh, he was also able to get a disability after that Uh, so he's had insurance he's been able to to carry on a good life so we started off small Um, we had uh, three exam rooms Uh, I think the exam rooms were about um, six by eight in size they were quite small uh, and uh, a tight space to try to work in but we did the the nurse was nurse lab tech and uh, the one who took care of any medicines that we had there that were either samples or donated from various uh, people so that we could provide some medicine at no cost to patients we also learned how to use patient assistance programs patient assistance programs are a way that the pharmaceutical companies will provide brand name medicines for low income individuals mm. uh, and uh, still today we use them because Insulins and some of the more expensive uh, medicines for rheumatoid arthritis and that type of thing. These patients would never get uh, Mm -hmm. if we didn't have that type of resource. (coughs) We stayed in that little building. um, I was still the only practitioner Mm -hmm. uh, until um, the summer of uh, 2017. Jackson Madison County Hospital uh, had um, desires to be able to uh, open what was, what is called a federally health uh, federally qualified health center. You have to remember the initials right so I get the <laughs> the name right. Um, but in doing so, it had to be a clinic that was under a freestanding board. It could not be under the hospital's um, board they had a clinic that uh, was going to be closed so they offered us the, the clinic uh, and uh, they provided startup money hoping that the federal grants would come available
0: mm-hmm.
1: but um, we're about three months four months into it we, we realized that there were going to be no federal grants let during 2017 uh, um, so um, they helped support us uh, through most of the first time um, nine months or so uh, and uh, during that time we were able to grow to a much larger staff it went from the from the five that were in the original building um, to uh, a much larger staff where we had a social worker we had uh, a nurse practitioner we had another uh, nurse uh, we had um, another person just doing lab work uh, uh, office manager and um, in looking towards the federally qualified we also had a um, Um, financial chief financial officer because that was one of the things that that program required that we have Mm -hmm. Um, as the funding started to run out we had to cut back Um, and we phased back in in two steps Um, first was letting the social worker go letting the lab tech person go And I think there was a third one but I can't remember who that was right now Uh, in August we had or uh, in August our nurse practitioner um, left on maternity leave Um, she wasn't planning on coming back and um, we were able to uh, or were contacted by another physician who was wanting to find something a little different um, from what had been his uh, busy practice uh, and uh, was wanting to get out of a little bit of the insurance rat race so um, dr. Joseph Montgomery joined us in August mm-hmm. um, he is seeing today just strictly uh, uninsured patients uh, the um, he, he does not have any insurance affiliation at, at all at this time mm-hmm. so, we've continued to grow but it's been a struggle for the last um, four months of god keeps us going day by day but it's um, some many times living day by day uh, being able to uh, keep up with a much smaller payroll because now we're back to um i think a total of Seven employees instead of five. We we were up at about fourteen at one point. Um, so it's it's been tough. It's been some days. I'm wearing three or four hats at one time. Um, and um, but we still are blessed with what we do and how, uh, the people we provide care for. And who
0: are those people that you provide care for?
1: of our patient population is uninsured Mm -hmm. and probably 90% of that is at poverty level or below Mm -hmm. Um, so although it doesn't sound like much a $25 uh, office visit uh, still they had to find money at times to get there Mm -hmm. Uh, and recently we've had to go up to $35 none of them and I was expecting some of them to complain about us having to increase, mm-hmm. but none of them have increased uh, or have, have complained about uh, our charging more. We've been able to re- get more help for them, also though, because uh, through a grant from Western Sea Healthcare Foundation, um, we are able to get a very large number of um, generic medications. That no cost to us some no cost to the patient mm-hmm. what used to be $4 scripts that I would try to get through Walmart or any of the pharmacies today um, we give them a 90-day supply of that when they come in for their visits uh, and um, expect them back in 90 days to be seen to monitor their blood pressure to monitor their diabetes mm-hmm. uh, and um, to continue them on their medicines the um, Dispensary of Hope program has been a blessing um, to um, the patients. And so many of them are um, of l- little faith. We actually, see, we, we although we are a faith-based Christian medical clinic, it's one of what I heard early on Christ didn't come just to save one group he came for everybody Mm -hmm. Uh, he didn't look at who they were what they were so we have Muslims Um, I know that we've got several Muslim patients Um, I don't think we have any others that I can think of right off we don't have a large Asian population here Um, we see um, Hispanics about an equal mix of uh, African American Caucasian uh, on the um, mix that we see
0: it's a pretty wide swap of the community
1: yeah Um, so um, we spend time with patients Mm -hmm. in the private practice to see 30 thirty-five patients in a day was the norm it's a lot of people it's a lot of people today we I had a busy morning this morning I saw eight because I knew I was gonna be out this afternoon Mm -hmm. but um, many days I will not see more than 15 because I want to have time the patients that we see today at least they're getting used to some medical care Mm -hmm. when we first opened Susan would go in and talk to the patient and find out what was wrong with them get their blood pressure and she'd get to the door and she would say, dr. Larson will be in and they would get up and get ready to leave they thought they had been seen Mm -hmm. Um, their concept of what a medical visit would be was so different Um, we spend time with patients because we know that many of them are in, um, particularly are in um, stressful situations, um, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And to, the stories we hear day in, day out now, are, mm-hmm. you know, they're overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and a few of those patients, they don't exhaust you physically, but they exhaust you mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm but uh, Dr. Montgomery and I uh, you know come to realize that they're the ones who needed just as much help which and all they got was I'll go to the ER and I'll get a bandaid and I'll be cast right back out Mm -hmm. Um, so we try to make them feel part of the clinic
0: yeah how does funding work for you guys?
1: most of our funding comes from individual volunteers Um, we do some small fundraisers through the year but not anything big Um, i've uh, wished i could get out to some of the churches but it's hard to put the fundraising cap on Mm -hmm. when i've got the medical cap that's the really the important one but uh, individuals are a big support of how we're able to survive we get a little bit of funding from the state uh, a reimbursement on um, seeing the uninsured um, but that's uh, once a quarter uh, and it's not um, a large amount i mean Mm -hmm. it is to us when we get the check because it makes the checking account bounce (laughs) bounce up but um it's another twenty five dollars for each of the uninsured patients that we see um, and we've got uh, about well we got about a th- half of the uh, patient load that has some kind of insurance Medicare um, we take uh, 10 care from United Healthcare only I'm not a blue cross provider um, and um then we've got um, some private insurances that we see. I've got a large number, although I'm not a provider with New Blue Cross. I've got a large number of Blue Cross patients that still want us to follow them.
0: Mm-hmm. When someone looks at <clears throat> when someone looks at getting involved at a place like the Faith Health Center, you know what what kind of involvement are you looking for from the community? Because a lot of people aren't doctors.
1: That's right. Um, it's a little bit harder to, to be able to say what can we use um, certainly yeah, as opposed to like a, a rifle where you that's just right bring a can of food bring, yeah um, I mean, we do accept uh, still today we accept uh, gifts of medicines uh, gifts of supplies that um, people one good example uh, is um, colostomy bags yeah. what would we do with colostomy bags and the first time somebody donated some to us we thought where will we ever use them yeah. uh, two weeks later somebody comes in that's had a gunshot wound to the abdomen has a colostomy but he doesn't have any insurance he can't afford the bags yeah. so we knew that those types of things God still could put to use yeah. um, about six months ago we had somebody leave A case of colostomy supplies four-year-old young girl who's being adopted she's from the Philippines so she's not a US she's not anything she has no legality in the US at this point Mm -hmm. she can't get 10 care Mm -hmm. she can't get any medical help Mm -hmm. but she's got a colostomy family was having to buy their colostomy bags off of Amazon at about $400 a month Um, actually uh, Congressman Kostoff's office got wind of them called our office to see if we could help Uh, and that's the sweetest little girl Mm -hmm. Um, we're getting to watch her grow up Mm -hmm. Um, because all we've got are some plastic bags that she can use yeah. Uh, we've done that for another one uh, recently who um, had colon cancer and had to have a, a colostomy, uh, and uh, it took took a little while to find the right bags in all of our stash, um, but we do. Yeah. We get um, nebulizer breathing machines that families no longer need. Their kids had his asthma; and he's grown out of it. We've got this sitting around the house, and we've got families with uh, children who and adults who need those from time to time. So we take that type of stuff. There are areas in the clinic that um, I know can help the clerical side, just to just to be a relief of answering the phone, Um, being able to greet patients at the door. Um, the first smile they see as they walk in the door is just as important as anything I do. Um, if they have some skill, um, you know, it's something that we probably can put to use. Um, but even if it's just faxing records to another office, that's a that's what a nurse or some clerical person or one of our few right now mm-hmm. is having to stop what they're doing to do that mm-hmm. so uh, there are a lot of tasks oh, sarah and i have a hard time putting our mind together around how would we do that what we'll, what would we we'll do but uh, there are a lot of things like that um, with the uh, cutback in staff uh, and funding uh we have to do our own housekeeping Uh, there may be somebody who can uh, do something along those lines during the day while we're there Um, the staff quite willingly picked up the ball and kept running Uh, when we had to uh, let our housekeeping um, group a couple that was doing our housekeeping when we had to let them go They all let, they all know that I'm, you know, the primary male worker there, so when it's time to take out the trash they have it by the back door ready for me to take out. <laughs> Dr. Montgomery would probably get it if uh, if he was the first one to see it, but I knew yeah. I don't know where it's gonna be.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> and then financially, like how do people how can people get involved financially?
1: Probably the easiest thing is to call um, the office and ask for Sarah, my wife. Um, she can give them more information, a little bit more uh, idea of what we need, what kind of needs are out there um, that um, can help financially. Um, it's uh, It's been a tough time. But uh, some deep cuts uh, were made. Um, we cut back hours, so we cut back pay on staff. Uh, and uh, we just have to keep pushing, knowing that God will provide. Uh, it's uh, it's truly being a faith walk for us um, each day. But... We see things that um, yesterday somebody brought uh, some medicines by, and it was some of them are the asthma inhalers. Asthma inhalers cost about forty-five to fifty-five dollars at the pharmacy. So, for someone who's paid thirty-five dollars for an office visit, and they had to borrow from other family members to get that, they're not going to get an inhaler unless we have one to hand them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. There's so many different places. Uh, one, one thing, um, most of the diabetics do not have any um, diabetic monitors or strips. Uh, those are the, the, the testing units are cheap. The strips are generally expensive. Mm. So even making a donation to something where we could get supplies like that that we have no other resource for would be helpful.
0: Well, those are all good things and good things to know. Um, Where's the clinic at?
1: We are now located at 655 Lexington Avenue. Um, That is um, on Lexington, just down from the Boys and Girls Club. uh, Jackson Careers Technology uh, Middle School is right across the street from us. And so I just want to say, Dr. David, thank you so much for...
0: um, investing in our community, helping those in need, and, you know, helping make Jackson a better place. Thank you. Uh, today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Hardin. It was recorded live at The Co. To find out more about The Co., visit their website at www.attheco.com. To find out more about Our Jackson Home and to read more about How Amazing Jackson is, visit Our Jackson Home.